Hello and welcome to another episode of the Music Rabbit Hole. I am your humble host and music bus driver on today's musical journey. This is going to be one of those episodes where I recap all of my February album reviews. I've got 18 records to go over on today's show, so buckle up. Uh, and the point of these is to basically, if you miss some of these albums throughout the month, uh, you know, this is a chance for you to um, learn about them, or maybe you're just looking for some new music. You're not quite sure what direction you want to go. Here's some options here. The opinions and ratings and things like that are my own, obviously. And so there, you may disagree with some of my opinions. And that is perfectly fine because that's how opinions work. So uh, if you, you like one of these albums more than I do, that's okay. If you hate one of these albums more than I do, that is also okay. Uh, the point is just to discuss some music, uh, give you maybe some direction in regards to some of these great albums that came out this month and uh, we'll go from there you can also check out january's album release video i did uh last month so there's that as well i think that was like 20 records on that one so this is 18 shorter month shorter uh shorter record list let's get right into it here by the way if you're listening to the show, you can watch it in video form. If you're watching it on YouTube, you can also listen to it in podcast form. So the way I'd like to do this is I go in reverse order. So I go with my lowest rated albums all the way up to my highest rated album. So we will start with the sixth studio album by Canadian singer and songwriter Shania Twain and her album Queen of Me that came out on the 3rd. It is a 12-track pop record. Um, and the first one in six years for Shania Twain. Obviously, a legend in the music world, um, legendary live shows, um, some tremendous uh, records in her discography, uh, and, and so that is why this record was a little disappointing, because it seemed like Shania Twain, obviously, you know, she's entering... Uh, a new era in her life, and I think she went through like her divorce, and she hasn't yeah put out an album in a while. And she had the documentary come out on Netflix, I believe, that was kind of uh, leading into this album. And I think she might have a new book or something. I don't know. Regardless, legendary figure in the music world. This album in particular, not one of my favorites. It was the pop side of things, um, you know, the, the production side of things felt a little lazy. It didn't feel particularly innovative or interesting. It felt almost like the production, they used tracks and production of, that were cast-offs from, um, like bigger artists didn't want to use these, so let's give them to Shania Twain or something like that. There was There's nothing interesting about the production. The lyrics were very uh, uh, hard to connect with her as far as like, like I, I think I mentioned in my one minute album review that I did on the channel that she had a line in like the first song about got Liddy in my cup and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, you know, I get it. It's so tough for a woman in the industry to, uh, because they get scrutinized so much in regards to aging and things like that. So look, I'm, I'm a, I'm just a stupid guy. It doesn't matter really what I think, but I think what I, what I tend to like from artists and this is easier said than done is um, where they kind of age into a new era of their music. So, um, you know, maybe it's slowing things down a bit or it's uh, trying a new type of sound or, or things like that is typically what I feel works best for artists rather than 
what I feel like Shania Twain did here, which is just try to kind of um, capture the sound of now, like try to be like a modern pop star. It's like, hey, that's not really what you are. You, you know, you were a country pop icon. You still are. Uh, maybe this wasn't the best direction for you. But again, who cares what I think? The critics kind of agreed with me. Um, five and a half stars on this one, or uh, five and a half out of 10, sorry, on this one. I went 5.6 out of 10. It, it's one of my lowest rated albums of the year. There's just really, in my opinion, not a lot to like here. Uh, my favorite track, if I were to pick one, was Inhale, Exhale, Air. I did enjoy that one, but there are some rough ones on this, like especially that Giddy Up, that, that, that first track. I'm telling you, not one of my favorites, but hey, maybe you like it. Uh, next up on our list, we are hitting up the debut studio album by Gracie Abrams called Good Riddance. This one was actually produced by um, the Nationals' uh, Aaron Dessner. And um, in case you didn't know, I believe Gracie Abrams is the daughter of J.J. Abrams, the director. I'm 99.9% sure that is the case. So this is a debut album. It is uh, 12 tracks. It came out on the 24th of this month. It would be in the pop variety and Aaron Dessner also helped with writing and producing credits. So Aaron Dessner, I can't remember. There's two Dessners in the National. I can't remember if Aaron is the guitarist. I'm pretty sure he's, he's, he's the guitarist for the National. So this record was my second lowest rated album of uh, February. It's a debut. So look, like you got to give her some slack. Um, it's tough to put out a debut album, especially a good one. And I think there is definitely something here. Like she's clearly a talent. Uh, she's clearly got a good voice. My issue with this record is all the songs started sounding the same and her style of this kind of whisper singing and things like that just became, uh, boring. Yeah. It just became boring. Everything blended in together. There was really no differentiating, um, uh, factors here in, in, in the songs and just overall not the best. Critics disagreed with me, and that's okay. Critics gave it an 8.2. I went 6.6, six, which is not not a terrible score. And I do, I, again, I do think that there is, is something here. She had her uh, debut EP in 2020 and another EP in 2021, and then this being her debut album. And so um, I, I, I think there is some talent here. There's obviously, uh, you know, she's gone on tour and things like that. Um, she clearly comes from the Phoebe Bridgers, Billie Eilish kind of talent tree as far as her style. And it's just not quite there yet, in my opinion. The best tracks on this record, Best and Where Do We Go Now? And again, I gave this one a 6-6. Six, six. Moving on to Skrillex who uh, put out his second and third uh, studio solo studio albums. Um, and this would be the second of the two, my lower rated of the two, called Don't Get Too Close. This came out on the 18th. Or did this one come out? Uh, yeah, it came out second, yeah. came out a day, a day after the, the other one. So 12 tracks. It is in kind of the electronic trap pop type realm and yeah think of it as a companion piece to the other record this album is uh definitely 
I'd say um, definitely a a feature type album where it's got a bunch of different artists on it. You've got um, uh, you know Pink Panthers, Trippy Red, Young Lean, Kid Cudi, Chief Keef is on this. Justin Bieber, um, you know Sway Lee, and so there's uh, I believe this entire album has. Uh, features on every single track, and and I think that's kind of the the point of it. So, and I'll get to this a little bit when I talk about Quest for Fire, but this album definitely is feels like more of the dancier, uh, poppier um, uh, album between the two. Where Skrillex's other record, Quest for Fire, is more of a uh, personal expression. It feels like as, as far as his skill and his abilities and all that. And and this one just seems a little more um, poppy, uh, uh, again a little more dancey. There's not a ton of overcomplication on this album. It's just it's fun. It, it's not bad by any means. It's just I did like Quest for Fire more. The critics gave this one a six one. I was higher on it. I gave it a six nine. Real Spring and Three A.M. were my uh, two favorite tracks off this. It's not a bad album by any means. I just think that. Especially comparing the two, and and that that's one of the problems is you, you release two albums at the same time. Um, they're obviously going to be compared to each other, especially when one might be you know quote unquote better than the other, and, and at least in my opinion. But I also think it's okay that when you release two albums, one is different than the other, and this album is definitely different, has a different vibe than uh, than Quest for Fire. But we'll get to Quest for Fire in a moment. So uh, as I said, six nine on the Skrillex. Don't get too close. Next up, Andy Schauf, 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 uh, Canadian singer-songwriter from Saskatchewan. And his record, Norm, that dropped on February 10th. It is a 12-track indie folk, indie pop album. It is the eighth studio album from, from Schauf, Schauf, jeez. I don't know. I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um... So, yeah, this is an artist. I didn't really know much about him, uh, but he's been releasing music since 2006, just uh, seemingly a little bit more in the underground. Maybe he's bigger in the Canadian scene than he is here in the States. But, uh, yeah, this is a very laid-back, relaxing indie folk record. It is not... um, uh, there's, There's not any big, giant, sweeping tracks on this one. There's not going to be any sort of um, uh, craziness. (laughs) This is definitely a kind of relaxing, quote-unquote, normal record, which was the idea behind it, uh, because I I guess he had released some concept albums in 2016, in 2020, in 2021, and so for this record, it was kind of like, this is going to be a quote-unquote normal record, and it's just going to be uh, kind of going through that process. Now, there is some more in-depth background to this, like the the songs are supposed to be in the perspective of this stalker named Norm. And um, so when you dig into the lyrics a bit more, you can kind of follow along with this story. And and that's fine. And I do appreciate that. But I also am, am a guy who um, I need the music to kind of stand on its own. And I didn't particularly think this album was anything revolutionary or, or super interesting. I thought... Um, you know, it's a nice, calming, relaxing indie folk record. Not really much more than that. Critics were high on this one, eight one from them. I went seven two, and my favorite track was "Wasted on You." So, yeah, worth a listen. In my opinion, not definitely not one of the best of the month. All right, we're going to go back to Skrillex now, 
and Quest for Fire. So this was this came out a day before Don't Get Too Close. Uh, and this this album, I, I definitely really enjoyed. And I, I feel like my opinion on this is going to continue to rise. It's 15 tracks. It's in the you know house, EDM, electronic type realm. A lot of different genres in here. A lot of different producers on this record. Uh, a lot of love for this album so far. And, and rightly so. I, I think there's, um, especially for fans of Skrillex, I've been waiting for this type of album. I feel like you were rewarded for sure. Uh, my favorite tracks on this one, Rumble and Xena. Critics went 7-2, actually. I thought critics were, would be higher on this. They went 7-2. Um, I went 7-4 on this, 7-4 out of 10. I, especially between the two albums, this I feel like is the most innovative and interesting of the two. Uh, they're both worth a listen, though. And, and one of my suggestions, shout out to my buddy Josh Grant, who's a producer. He said, the best route is to listen to them back to back. And then you can kind of feel the vision a little bit more of the albums as a companion piece to each other. All right, next up, Rebecca Black and her debut studio album, Let Her Burn, that she self-released on February 9th. So this is this is a, a, a pretty interesting record, because obviously you... you if you know pop culture at all, you know Rebecca Black's name uh, because of her viral 2011 video Friday. Big backstory behind that. A lot of moving pieces. She's talked about it in interviews, especially recently. She did a great interview with H3 Podcast where she went on and, and talked a lot about, you know, uh, there, there seems to be just kind of a, a big misunderstanding of how that all went down. And she took a lot of heat for it. And really, she was just a kid. And there was a lot of uh, other moving parts in this where you, you really end up, she becomes kind of a sympathetic figure in all this because people were just brutal to her on the internet uh, after that. And uh, so it took her a long time to kind of get back to where she is now. She still was doing music and releasing EPs and, and um, you know, showcasing her love for the craft. And now that has all led to this debut studio record, which um, a lot of people were anticipating. I mean, this is a... a uh, definitely, like in the social media sphere, this was a pretty anticipated album. It is ten tracks. It is in the pop and electro pop realm, and that is definitely an important distinction. In that, um, it is not just a pure pop record. There's definitely some electro pop and hyper pop influence here, which is which was what was intriguing for me listening to it, uh, because sometimes you think like, okay, here's this quote-unquote comeback-type record for Rebecca Black is just going to be filled with pop anthems and things like that. And that's not quite what this was. I, I think there's a lot of influence from some of the, the popular um, icons of today. But I do think there's some really good personal um, uh, curate, cur- curation, I guess is the right word, of, of the music here. This album is very polarizing. Outlets like Pitchfork did not like it. I think they gave it a 4-4. Four, four. Um, but then there were some other outlets that that did like it a lot and were giving it like 4s out of 5s and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, the, 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 the problem with Pitchfork sometimes I have is that they, they tend to be too harsh sometimes. And look, I give pretty low scores, but their Pitchfork just goes over the top a lot of the time. Uh, but the collective Metacritic um, aggregate is six out of ten uh, it ended up being i gave it a seven and a half i honestly enjoyed this album i i think there's a lot to there's obviously a lot to her story but there's some good talent here my favorite track was look at you 
And I also uh, appreciate the independence of Rebecca. I mean, put, doing this independently, um, I, I feel like is um, a uh, kind of an interesting wrinkle to this and being in fully in control of her sound and her music. And you can tell, like, this was a personal record for her. And I, I appreciated that. I, I think she did a nice job with this. Is it a perfect album? For sure not. But there's themes of sexuality and personal discovery and relationships and all these different things that uh, I found I found really refreshing, and, and I enjoyed this one. So Rebecca Black, Let Her Burn. Moving on to Hamish Hawk. In his album Angel Numbers that dropped on February 3rd. It is a 12-track jingle rock chamber pop album. It is the fourth studio album for the Scottish singer-songwriter. And th- with this album, I, I definitely got a lot of uh, Morrissey vibes from, from his sound. And uh, Hamish Hawk, if you don't know, tremendous storyteller with his music and his singing. There's um, some cheekiness to the lyrics. There's uh, some interesting one-liners, and yeah, this this is this is a fun one. Once upon an acid glance, and think of us kissing were my two favorite tracks. And the critics were really high on this one; they went eight seven. I thought that was a little crazy. I, I was at seven five, so kind of a similar rating to Rebecca Black's album. Um, it's funny because they're two obviously completely different albums, but um, rating wise, I, I valued them around the same. Where Hamish Hawk. It's uh, for fans of like Morrissey and chamber pop type, jingle rock type, uh, that Scottish or British type influence on the music. This this is a good one. And, and the fans of storytelling, I, I think this would definitely fall in line for that. Moving on to Shame and their album Food for Worms, which dropped on the 24th of this month. It is a 10-track post-punk album from the English group. They have, this was their third, yeah, third studio album, their first one coming out in 2018. Um, This is, I I mentioned this last month, that I'm not a giant post-punk guy, uh, but I think, because, I mean, for a variety of reasons, I mean, everybody has their own taste, but with this album, I think they're, I was surprised, because going in, especially listening to like a a, a tr- like the first track or so, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. I, I'm, I'm going to power through it, but I don't know if I'm I'm really going to enjoy this. It became a much more enjoyable experience than than I anticipated. A um, couple of favorite tracks on this one were Yankees and Adderall. I, I'd say there's not just a it's not just a pure uh, post punk type album. There's some indie rock in it uh, sound as well. And um, there's some because the problem with post punk sometimes is there's there's usually not necessarily a much of a melody um, or kind of like commercial type sound to it. It's it's usually very kind of different and and edgy, and that's part of the point. And but with this album, there's a mix. Like there are some more um, relatable, dancier type moments in the album. There's some things that you can enjoy. Um, as well as for the post-punk fans out there, you still get your classic type sound there. Critics went 7-8. I went 7-6 for Shame and Food for Worms. Next up, Anna B. Savage, the English singer-songwriter who uh, had her debut album come out in 2020. This one is called In Flux. It dropped on the 17th. Is a ten-track singer-songwriter pop album. Um, she is from Dublin, 
And her first album got a lot of uh, great publicity. I'd say this album is is definitely getting some um, great coverage as well. A pretty unique musician. A lot of kind of moodiness to her album. A lot of interesting voice texture, a little bit out of the box. Um, if you want to kind of get away from cookie-cutter pop or singer-songwriter music, I'd say this is a good route to go down because I think there's some intriguing songwriting here. There is definitely kind of a lower tone to her voice and, and some kind of speak singing and things like that at times. So this is a good one. Uh, critics went 7-7. Seven, seven. I went 7-6. Seven, and my favorite tracks were The Ghost and Hungry. By the way, the the reason why I'm not playing these songs on this video is because it will probably get taken down by YouTube <laughs> if I do that. So go check out these artists on your own. Uh, I do put up a, and I'll link in the description, I do create a favorite tracks of the year type uh, playlist that I add to throughout the year. So I'll include that link below, and you can go there if you want to listen to some of these artists. I, I believe most, if not all, these songs are on there. Otherwise, you're hearing their names. Go check them out on your own. All right, we're going to hit up Quasi and their record, Breaking the Balls of History. So Quasi is the duo of Sam Coons and Janet Weiss, the Portland indie rock duo that has been around since 1993 and been... Uh, big in that scene for, for a long, long time. They've also been part of um, other bands like, uh, like Weiss uh, was in Slater Kenny and, and, uh, and uh, you know, Coombs has created solo albums and things like that. So basically they, were, they, they created music for a long time together and then they kind of drifted apart. Um, the, uh, Weiss gets into an accident and kind of um, in a car accident, like a really bad one, and she kind of... Um, goes like, hey, you know, life is obviously fragile and there's a lot of craziness going on. Like, hey, let's let's maybe go back into some of my roots here. And, and she got back uh, with Coombs to create this album, Breaking the Balls of History, which was their first record in 10 years. It is in the uh, ex rock, experimental rock type realm. It is technically their 10th studio album together. Yeah, this is this is one where if you've heard any of their music or some of the other bands they've played in. There's some familiar sounds here where, um, you know, Coombs has these very interesting lyrics and approach with his singing, and then Weiss is just a, a killer on the drums. And so I'd say this is this is definitely, there's some really high moments on here, um, some like harder rock type moments at times, and then it gets kind of weird at times, gets political at times. Uh, so it, it's a typical quasi record <laughs> if you're familiar with that band at all. And if you're not... Um, yeah, give them a shot. It came out on the 10th. It's 12 tracks. The, my favorite track would be Last Long Laugh. Critics gave it an 8. I went 7-6. Quasi breaking the balls of history. I guess this is where I stop and remind you, please like, comment, and subscribe to the show. If you enjoy the video, throw a like on there. If you have any comments or, or um, thoughts, feel free to comment below. And then continue subscribing to the uh, podcast on, on YouTube here. Uh, the current, let's check out the current count of subscribers as of this recording, 3,671. That is awesome. Um, it's getting closer to uh, 3,700. 
as as I record this and uh, getting even closer to 4,000. That's the next goal for sure. All right, back half of the show here. Next, we're hitting up a very... Uh, we're in the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, top seven favorite albums here of February. This is British singer-songwriter Ray and her debut studio album, My 21st Century Blues. So if you don't know Ray's story, um, she had uh, she was originally signed to this record, Polydor Records. And I think she was signed like a long time ago. Uh, with Polydor, and she just was not like they were preventing her from releasing her uh, album, or there were there was a lot of conflict there. And then she finally got out of the deal in 2021, uh, and finally was able to produce her debut. And this is a, a pop soul uh, house blues type record. And it's just got such a fun backstory. It's kind of obviously a critique on her experience with her previous label, but also she talks about things like body dysmorphia and anxiety and sexual assault. And there's there's some really intriguing topics here that um, that Ray sings about. And this is this is definitely a worthwhile uh, record. It's 15 tracks. Um, my favorite tracks: Escapism and Worth It. Critics gave it an eight. I went seven seven for my rating for Ray, my 21st Century Blues. All right, top six. My sixth favorite album of February, Logic's College Park. Whoa, sorry, shook the camera there. Uh, this came out on the 24th. It is a 17-track rap record from in the eighth studio album from the Rockville, Maryland native Sir Robert Bryson Hall II, also known as Logic. So, Logic, um, obviously, uh, another kind of polarizing artist as far as there are some people that um, were real uh, will will constantly tell you that Logic's old stuff is is always better and like his first couple albums and things like that and that he got corny at times and um, you know the, the 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 natural progression for an artist where there are just haters out there and I, and I do agree with them at certain points but this album that i'm speaking about in particular is uh a really a fantastic record it is kind of a return to logic's roots in college park maryland and the album has um these kind of mini moments of like almost like skits in a way aware of kind of this idea of logic and his buddies you know heading into um DC for a show or uh, and kind of uh, they're going to stopping at the drive-thru or stopping at the 7-Eleven or you know things like that are throughout the album and it's kind of a throwback to his roots and a nod to his um, you know his time back in you know 2014 and uh, that under pressure album that is so beloved and so there's um, there's some really cool nostalgia here for sure and and I think uh, that this is a great this is a great return for Logic because some of his albums have been, especially the last few, have been very bloated. Um, Final Days, I didn't think was that bad, um, but some of these other ones, uh, you know, no pressure and things like that. People not, people not the biggest fan of those. So Logic's album, College Park, it is 17 tracks. That's a little long, but my favorite tracks, I got f- three favorites, Lightsabers, Gaithersburg Freestyle, and Village Slum. 
Critics, I don't think we have a critic rating on this one, um, but my rating is a 7-8. Logic, College Park. Now we are in the top five of February. Number five on the list is Big X of the Plugs' album Amar that dropped on the 10th. Uh, this is a 13-track rap album. Um, this is actually the first studio album for Big X the Plug, who's only been rapping since 2019. Uh, dropped two EPs previously. This is a Texas rapper. And this, this every now and then you'll get an album that um, really catches your ear. <laughs> and this was one for me where I had to stop and go like, whoa, this is pretty dang good. Um, and there is a signature sound to Big X the Plug People say, like, he's the Southern Biggie Smalls. I understand the comparison because this is a huge guy. He might, he kind of has a similar flow at times to, to Biggie. Um, but I also think he is his own unique kind of modern artist as well. Uh, but, I, but, I mean, hey, I'm sure he appreciates the comparisons because that's obviously how Titan to be compared to. So uh, Big X to plug, Amar. Lot to like about this record. My favorite tracks were Rush Hour and Prime Time. No critic rating on this one. It's a pretty small um, album, and I, but I gave it a 7-9. Right there below an 8 for me. It's a debut album, so I think that there's... You want to leave room for some of these artists to go even higher. You can't just... I mean, it's really hard for a debut album to be like in the high 8s or a 9 or something like that because then there's... What room is there for them to grow from there? So I think Big Exit Plug is right on the cusp of breaking out. I think this guy could be a mainstream artist for sure. Um, so he's, he's, he's close. He's right there. Uh, we are in the top uh, four now. Next up, Paramore and their record, This Is Why, that came out on the 10th. It is a 10-track dance punk, post-punk album. It is the sixth studio album, first one since 2017. This comes after Haley Williams' two solo albums. This was another really anticipated album. Obviously, the time frame of six years and um, a lot of uh, acrimony when it comes to Paramore and kind of the band and people taking breaks and uh, people leaving the band. And um, so, you know, this was uh, this was a pretty interesting lead up to this. And there was a lot of big reception for, for, for this album. And uh, a lot of fans really, really, truly loved this record. And, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. It's, it's number four for me for February. It is filled with influences from bands of the past, bands like, if you know, Block Party. Um, Haley Williams has even said that, like, some of the sound of this band is definitely inspired by Block Party. There are some dancier tracks on it. There's some well, punkier tracks on it. My favorite thing about this album was I, I think I like the back half more because the first one it felt like was with, uh, filled with a lot of kind of quirky um, radio hits like uh, The News and This Is Why and Se Come Sa. I mean, whatever, however you say that. Um, those are all like radio-friendly, viral TikTok-type hits. But I think the back half of the album, starting with You First, um, You First, Figure Eight, Liar, Craven, Thick Skull, I really like that back half more. I, th I felt like there's more storytelling there. Um, there's more personality there. Uh, but you know, people, you can dance to the first half and, and cry to the second half, I guess. Ten tracks, critics gave it an eight. Five, 
I went seven, nine, and you first and liar were my two favorite tracks. Top three, number three on the list, Screaming Females, the New Jersey rock band, and their album Desire Pathway that dropped on the 17th is a 10-track punk rock, rock record. And this is another band that I did not know a whole lot about from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, They are a three-piece outfit. They had their debut album all the way back in 2006. They've been around for a while. They've played with some some great bands. I just had never really heard them before, and because that's just kind of what happens. And I uh, really enjoyed it. I think they've stayed under the radar too, as well. I think that's kind of part of their their shtick is that they're not necessarily super big or anything. So this is a um, yeah a, a rock. Uh, a punk rock, rock type album. Very signature sound to the lead singer's voice. Um, her voice that sometimes can be, you're almost like, is this annoying? But it's actually not too bad. It, it actually, uh, you, once you get used to it, you're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is a cool sound. They have that uh, punk rock roots. They have some um, big sweeping courses at times uh, on this record as well, where it's not just kind of loud, crazy punk rock. Like there's some... Um, musicianship and some kind of commercial commercialness to to some of these tracks as well my favorite uh tracks on this one were brass bell desert train morning dove and ornament four favorite tracks and you can tell i loved it that's why it's in my top three it is a seven five from the critics and eight one from me it is one of the albums in the eights this year how many albums do i have in the eights let's see uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So only six albums of the 40 or so I've reviewed uh, have been in the 8 and Up Club. And this is one of them, Screaming Females, Desire Pathway. If you like rock, you like punk rock, you want to hear some harder stuff, this is a good album for you. Top two, number two on the list, Caroline Polachek and her album Desire, I Want to Turn Into You. That came out on Valentine's Day, 214. 12 tracks, pop, art pop type realm this is the fourth studio album for the american singer producer and songwriter uh this is a pretty fantastic album um i i will i will say obviously it's in my top two and and there's a reason why there are so many interesting um directions and sounds and composition for this record you've got um, bagpipes and Spanish guitars and old sounding beats and Celtic folk and all these incredible artistic directions for these uh, for these tracks. It is a you know a, a, again a pop album, so you know you, you got to kind of like art pop or alternative pop. But even if you aren't super into that genre, I mean, like I'm not, but I, I still really really liked this album, especially the more time you give it. You really kind of work your way through these tracks. You take your time. You 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 just absorb all the sounds you're hearing and the, pr- the production you're hearing. There is uh, there is a lot to love here for for Caroline Polachek. Critics gave it an eight nine. They love it. This is one of the favorite critic darling albums of this year so far. I went eight one. Uh, Welcome to my island and smoke were my two favorite tracks. Uh, and and yeah, it is just it's an experience. <laughs> you got to listen for yourself. It's hard even to really fully describe it because there's just it's just its own thing. 
Last on our list, number one album of February, and actually, I believe, my number one album of the year so far. It's only two months, but this is my favorite album of 2023 as of right now. Young Fathers and their album Heavy Heavy that dropped on February 3rd. It is a 10-track soul, pop, rock, noise, lo-fi, indie uh, Indytronica. It, it is all over the place from the Scottish um, uh, group. And this is an experience for sure. This is a, um, it, it is, it is a, obviously critics, it is a critic darling. Critics love this one. It is a fun experience. It is a wild experience where the songs are sound you know, kind of take you on this crazy journey. You hear this um, wild drums at times, and you hear this electronic build and strings at times. And this is another one where it's like I can only describe it like so well and and not very well at all. And so I honestly think you just got to throw it on, throw it on from the start, just sink into it. Start with that rice song, which rice, which is the first track on there. Just go. It's ten tracks. It's not. It's thirty-two minutes long. It's not going to take you long to listen to, but you're gonna you're gonna come away with it. Going, wow, that was that was something different. That was something I don't really hear much. My three favorite tracks are "Tell Somebody," "Drum," and "Ululation." Uh, and yeah, this is the this is just a, a great one. Critics gave this an eight eight. I went eight five. Favorite album of the year so far. We've still got ten more months to go. But I highly, highly recommend Young Fathers, Heavy, Heavy. And that about does it for the February reviews. 18 albums up, 18 albums down. Um, It was a fun month. There's some really, really solid music here. And now, just as I update you on my current top five albums of the year right now, so right now that would mean number five is Screaming Females, Desire Pathway. Number four, Caroline Polachek, Desire I Want to Turn Into You. So two so far from February. Number three, Joseph's Permanent Damage. That is from uh, that is from January. The other two are from February. Number two, Lil Yachty's Let's Start Here. And then number one, Young Father's Heavy Heavy. So two January albums, three February albums. But there's supposed to be some big records coming out in March and April and June. So uh, those those albums might get dethroned quick. Hope you've enjoyed this type of uh, video and, and episode. Go uh, go into my, the, the description, and I'll put some links so you can go check out some of this music on your own. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the idea is just to kind of set you down a path, and, and hopefully you go enjoy some of these artists for sure. And besides that, we will see you next episode. Uh, I will also be released, by the way, if you checked out episode one of Albums You Should Listen To Before You Die with the Nationals Boxer, that was a fun one. I am working on episode two. It's a little bit delayed, but uh, I will be trying to put out episode two of Albums You Should Listen To Before You Die on the channel. But until then, enjoy watching this video and all the others on the channel. Go listen to some good music. I'll see you next time. This has been another episode of The Music Rabbit Hole.